This is Andrew Godomsky, and that is Jason Roberts. And this is Recruiting.Technology, the best in bots, recruiting automation, data analytics, and more across uh, recruiting all the way to retention. And today on the show, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk about scamming, ROI, and SAP. <laughs> <laughs> scamming ROI from SAP. No. No, no. no. That's not one sentence. <laughs> okay. All right. That's good. So the scamming thing, let's start with that. Scamming. Um, so public service announcement, we're going to talk about some things that are happening out in the market that you should be aware of, but yeah. what, why they're possible and what you need to watch for. Yeah, so Jerry Crispin posted uh, something online. He posted like a, uh, a LinkedIn article, and um, it was a connection back to uh, another article put together by a group called the AIM Group. Uh, it's a solid research organization. Anyway, so what they found was a couple of job boards, uh, startjobs.net and um, onlineresumebuilders.com um, seem to be stood up as job boards that are actually scams. So um, what they'll do is they'll, they will, um, they'll, cap, they'll post jobs, and when you go to apply for those jobs, they take you to a different site where they capture a bunch of your information. Um, that is not that company's site and where you're not actually applying for that job. Um, OnlineResumeBuilders.com, I think both actually um, have an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. Um, it's, a, uh, it's an absolute online scam designed to capture people's uh, personal information. That's what right. it exists to do. So, so it's, it's like a... So, so it's like a phishing scam, right? So, you know, you're going to, but the difference is rather than them just sending you an email and then you putting in your stuff, you're out there online hunting for a job and right. you come across an aggregator site that says, Oh, we've collected all kinds of jobs. So all you have to do is apply once through our system. And then you can apply through a lot of jobs, which is the exact same you know, the exact same storyline that Monster, Indeed, Snag, you know, ZipRecruiter. It's a very common practice to, to put in your, inf- your personal information into a tool and then look for jobs and then say, I want this one, this one, this one, this one. So yeah. these guys have gone so far as to mirror popular sites, uh, job sites like Costco, Walmart, other places where they have volumes of jobs, where it's probably unlikely that you would believe that those jobs weren't open. So they would say there's a Costco center in Pittsburgh and they have a cashier position open. Okay, that sounds likely. And I want to be a cashier at Costco. So they set up using landing pages, all these jobs that look like Costco. And then you hunt for one, you click it, and you fill out this information associated with uh, all your personal information. And of course, they go a little bit farther and they ask you some other weird questions like, do you have a mortgage? How much do you owe on your mortgage? Maybe some other things. What's What's even scarier is some of these services are saying, 
oh, but we'll also build your resume. So go ahead and for a trial offer for like a dollar ninety-five, you know, we'll go ahead and build your resume and you can use it. So you do it. You put in your credit card information and then you get a receipt and you get like a cool little resume. Meanwhile, what starts to happen is you start getting charges every month for a service you never paid for. And so some people are, are battling the service. But then the other problem is this phony, this, this, this falsified company has your credit card, has your information, has your personal information. And even in their user licensing agreement, which nobody reads, it actually says they're going to sell your stuff. Yeah. So caveat and poor, everybody, buyer beware. This is, this is some nuts stuff. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, so we had a story. Um, one of my customers, it's actually right before I joined Ronstadt, we had a situation where people were out interviewing people for a job at this company, representing themselves, basically saying that we're trying to uh, trying to fill a work from home job for this company, like an admin or any other sort of work from home thing. But they're trying to they're pitching these work from home gigs. And um, you get through the interview process all the way down to um, uh, to the point where you are uh, you're accepting a job. Once you accept the job, they would send you onboarding paperwork where you put in your bank account for a direct deposit and a copy of a blank check. Oh my goodness! And, yeah, and you would you would give your your uh, social security number and all that other stuff for a background check. Look how great this onboarding is. <laughs> you gave, well, they, and they thought they were, they were just getting onboarded to a right. brand new job, right? That's all. That's a reasonable thing to ask for. A if you're reasonable on. thing to ask. Absolutely. Right. So, um, and we, the way we found out is somebody came to us with a question about their paperwork. They went online to the, to the company site and said, hey, I've got a question about my on, onboarding paperwork. We were like, um, we don't know you. And that's how we found out. Is that not crazy? That's, that's bananas. I mean, I think every, you know, so, so for those of you who are, who are leaning in and listening, realize that these types of scams and these types of campaigns are so much more readily available now, given where technology is in terms of scraping information pulling it into platforms that will replicate landing pages and then store information and collect information regularly. It's actually five years ago, this would have been really difficult to do at scale. Now it's, it's almost table stakes. In fact, yeah. in fact, most there's, there's some, you know, being able to, to, to replicate and mimic is a standard practice for some of the recruitment marketing platforms that we work with every day where they can stand up stuff real fast or they can automatically create uh, job. Li- they can automatically create landing pages based on dynamic job board postings that are coming out of the ATS. So, you know, this is not going to go away. Well, and, and, you know, we do this for good, not for evil, but we had a situation where we had a customer who's um, their career site was just abysmal. It took like 26 minutes to finish an application and we were losing an incredible number of, of candidates through the process. And at first, we thought it was a top of funnel problem. And what we found out it was it was a crappy ATS problem. Okay. So to solve the problem, we 
set up one-click apply from uh, Monster and Indeed so that the candidates that were applying, it was a single click and they went straight into the system. We couldn't do that with their ATS. So we set it up so they go straight into our CRM. Now that candidate, um, you know, we're using this for good, not for evil, of course, and we're, they're getting to where they ultimately need to be and they're getting into the process faster. But if it was that easy for me to do that, you know, the right way, imagine how easy it is for somebody to do the wrong thing on that side. Uh, that's a, that is troublesome. No, it, troublesome. Yeah. Bad, bad yeah. news here, but I, I think, um, you know, the, the talent market's pretty tight right now. Um, I think in general, um, our warning shot to, to, uh, to our listeners and, um, you know, in the market is, uh, there are some very good aggregators in the marketplace who legitimately pulled, you know, who legitimately scraped down information from employers, put it up. Um, you've heard them, you've heard them on XM, you've heard them on Sirius, uh, you know who they are. Uh, we highlight a number of them on the show. Uh, if it's someone you've never heard of before and they're being aggressive about getting your contact information, it's likely they're phony. Well, here's the other thing. This is mostly TA professionals that listen to this thing. Yeah. So here's the other deal. We have, um, we have a job posting distributor, right? And they distribute to lots of free, free job boards, right? The, and we don't really know who all those job boards are. It's like their job distribution network. ZipRecruiter actually does this. Like that's their whole shtick. Right. They send out to a bazillion different job boards. Well, some of those, if, we, if you're not paying close attention to what the job boards they're distributing to, it might be one of these nefarious sites. So the first thing I did when I got this, uh, when I got this uh, article is I sent it to our distributor to make sure that I wasn't accidentally directing job traffic to these bad sites. Very fair. Do that. So, you know, if you're in the boat that I'm in, you use a distributor, make sure you're not, you're not being the bad guy here. You make sure you're sending jobs to the right place. Right. And, and, you know, we won't go into it on this call, maybe a future call, but the way that the aggregators and the, and the job board distributors and the job boards themselves trade off passing information and trade off leads and trade off, job posts is this very weird, complex commercial venture. Um, yes. So um, good, good call, Jason, on having everybody kind of check with their distributor on don't, don't make sure you're not distributing these guys. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, we, we had a couple of deals where um, we couldn't get jobs pulled down all sorts of weird stuff with the distributors. I'm starting to be more and more concerned with those sort of job posting networks um, I'm not sure that that's a, that's a legit thing to do anymore. Yeah, I think we can be more selective. And I think the data analytics that support it uh, make a lot more sense, by the way. You can, you can track things a lot better with when you're not just going out into the ether, it's specifically going somewhere. Yeah, you know, it's Speaking interesting. Which, that's an excellent segue Go for to it. an exciting revelation that you had, that you, you called me like you were giddy like a schoolboy. Well, there's like... I know like three people who I can have the conversation with. So why don't we do it on a podcast? Um, <laughs> so um, like anyone else, we're, I'm asked to track ROI. The scale of ROI that I have to track is oftentimes larger, right? So um, if I want to roll out a new technology, if I want bots to show up, I have to somehow prove that those are going to return value in some way, right? Um, and ROI is 1,000 plus recruiters. And yes. 
That's exactly right. So it, the scale is is large in this case. So we uh, we just rolled out. So we we did this big announcement on our tech stack that we call Talent Velocity, and uh, we rolled it out to our our full population. But the internal pressure that came with that was, hey, we're we're marketing this, we're saying this is a good thing, and we're pitching it. What's the ROI? How can how do we know this is adding value to the, to the business and to our customers? Really, which is is important. Um, so I was able to run the analysis now that we've trained everybody on how to use it, and this and this tech stack has has proliferated, and we've got the bots everywhere, and we've got uh, SMS based communications everywhere, so everybody's texting everybody, and we've got all that all that rolled out to the to the people, and uh, I can look at measures before and after. Um, on how people are, are performing. And as it turns out, um, they're doing really well. So what we did is we said, all right, just look at the number of filled recs per, per month um, that, uh, that a recruiter had in 2018 leading up to when they were trained on this new thing and when we rolled out this new thing and the number of filled recs they had per month after. Turns out 70% of the people that we trained on this new thing had an increase. There were 70% were up. 11% of those people, or 11% is the average increase just across the board. Even though there were some that decreased, the average increase in productivity, meaning recruiters just filled more stuff, they filled 11% more stuff. Right. So, so you know, said, you know and, and so Jason walked me through this and I asked him a ton of data analytics questions and statistical questions to validate his findings. Right. So, yeah. so, yeah. so I don't know if he was, I don't know if he called me to check with me or just to brag, but we did both. And it all seemed, yeah. it all was on the up and up. But the short answer was on average, his team is now producing 11% more requisitions filled uh, on, on an annum that, you know, at, at an average uh, per recruiter because. Just of on, yeah. Just based on the technology. So here's the, here's the next question. If you use the technology more, do you do you do more? Do you do you feel more? Right. So we've done this in a couple of different ways. The first thing we did was we just checked to see if there's correlation. So of the people who sort of leaned in to the technology, um, is there a correlation between more usage and bigger increases? Right. The answer was yes, resounding yes, and uh, the correlation held. And the p-value, which you and I talked about p-values. The p-value was uh, triple zeros before I got to a digit, zero, 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 two. Um, here's the thing. P-value, basically, what you're testing is you're testing to, to see, and this is all just based on noise, right? Is Would you get the same thing if you tested a null hypothesis or, or just total noise in the system? And a good p-value, just an okay, is, is um, you want to get as close to zero as you can. If you're right. at one, it's all to do with noise. If you're at zero, then thumbs up, you're doing really well. Um, we're point zero 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 two. Me, just there's no way that this has this is coincidence. Um, it was absolute true correlation. Right. right. So, so for the you know, we'll we'll translate that a little bit. I'm going to say it a different way. There's a lot of ways that you could probably test this information to say. Because we're using the text, this is what Jason did. Because we're using the tech stack, what's the probability 
that it's because of the tech stack we're getting this increase. And what you're testing for is, is it possible? You know, is it not possible? Right. Is it not possible? And so what ends up happening is it comes back with like a point zero, 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 two percentage that is not possible. In fact, it's entirely possible. It's the reason, right? Right. So, so well, it, as, much as, as much as correlation can equal causation, right? So right. The, the correlation is legit. The correlation is legit, right? Yeah, I was trying to explain the causation thing to somebody. <laughs> the, the analogy I used was, okay, what I can do is I can say um, there is direct correlation between people who get a haircut and people who have uh, who are showing shorter hair than the last time we measured. So there's a correlation between people who go to the barber and people who have shorter hair. Now, the causation, it could be the shorter hair causes barbers or that barbers cause shorter hair. We have to use some sort of leap in logic. And typically, the barbers cause the shorter hair. In right. this situation, we know the correlation is, is legit. So is it more likely that more filled recs equals more usage of technology or that more technology equals more filled recs. Right. I think what's interesting is that during this, during this time that, that, that Ronestad was executing talent velocity, right? Not many other things were going on that would serve as, as catalysts for change like this. Right. So there isn't, there isn't, we doubled in size. There isn't, we added, uh, we added some sort of very unusual technique of management, right? So there, are, there aren't other things that you can point to that would, that would kill the status quo and say, oh, no, no, it's because we did this. The, the- oh, and if there was something like that, we pulled the recruiter out of the data set. So, for example, if the recruiter changed from one team to another team or started filling a different type of role, um, we only measured like for like. In, right. In so, so, so by, by hold, you know, using what's called a holdback, right. Yeah. That, that, that makes this data very valid. So I, I think, you know, Jason and I have been talking about how do you prove out for a long time that investment in technology, right. In addition to process and training and people, how does that actually stack up in terms of producing a lift? And, yeah. and I think what, we, what we've kind of learned here is that, in the case of Ronstadt, their tech stack is actually producing a result that has their teams fill more requisitions than it used to. And based on what I've seen, and I'll give you a little plug here, Jason, because I like you. But, but, but Ronstadt's tech stack is probably the most evolved. And so, it, so that probably means on a case-to-case basis, they're probably actually filling more recs per recruiter than other RPOs. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> so here, here's the thing I just got today. Um, the people who actually who really leaned into the technologies, what, what I was interested in is what parts of the stack are, are re- yielding the best results. And the people who really leaned into it, so the 75th percentile. Okay. I broke it into quartiles. So the top Good 75th boy. percentile uh, people, those people saw a 34% increase. So if you were like the, if you were the, best of the best users, then you're seeing 34% increase in, in your yield. That's crazy. That's like adding a, a third of another recruiter. Right. It's why. Right. Well, it, I mean, it, it's like asking somebody to work another 15 hours a week. That's right. 
So it, it, it turned out to be, um, turned out to be a great analysis. So, um, we, uh, we did some straightforward analysis, just measuring before and after. But when you started adding the statistical stuff, it was super handy. Nice. Super handy. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that's a big win. And I think that's a big win for, for the, for the stance on technology in general right now, you know, um, yeah. you know, you and I are big fans of, of using the recruitment automation as it's needed. Um, and, and trying to elevate recruiters to do the work that they were really meant to do, not the work that they just could do. Right. right. Um, yep. and, and I think that what, what this can show an organization, I'm working with a multinational global right now, and, and we're starting to do things like simulate, you know, if I remove say scheduling from your teams, how much lift could I get? And you use statistical tools to actually simulate, they're going to hire 50,000 people. You know, there's a lot of ways that those 50,000 hires could go. We actually simulate using, you know, 10,000 or 20,000 or 100,000 different trials on yeah. what's the likelihood it's going to go this way and then how much lift they could get. And if I could see that they're going to get 20% lift by using automation, then and I see that 90% of the trials, all of a sudden you start saying, why are you not doing this? Right. Right. Why would you yeah. not do this? Um, yeah. and, and that's and that's what's kind of fun about the ROI for tech is you can start saying, if we know we're going to get a lift, what else can we have our recruiters do? Yeah. Right. Specifically. Yeah. Um, so that's a cool story. So we got so we got we got one out of two. So one out of three. So you want to talk a little bit about the big purchase that was announced today? Yes, uh, IBM, no, not IBM, SAP buying Qualtrics. SAP bought Qualtrics for yeah. $8 billion with a B, like, so, like in the Michael Myers Goldfinger way, $8 billion. <laughs> so here's what's shocking to me about this. Isn't, this, isn't Qualtrics basically some, something you can do for free with Google Forms? Like, can't you do your <laughs> That's the quote of the day. Can't you just do that stuff with Google Forms? That's a that's an eight billion dollar Google Form purchase. I don't know what they were thinking. Wow, I'm, I'm I'm sure. You know, by the way, their founder he's he's he's, he's junior to both you and me. I think he's like 28. Oh, um, but and I want them to say no. That's good. No, no, no. But but but. I think, look, it's a customer experience platform, right? So they're trying to measure, you know, how customers feel about the usage of a service or a product on a regular basis. That's their primary thing. And then they have, I think they have some engagement survey technology around, you know, polling your employees. Um, And then I think what they do is then their primary, their primary service isn't the surveys. It's the fact that they've got the knowledge of hundreds of customers or thousands of, of users. And they yeah. say, this is how you're doing versus your competitor. Well, the other thing is uh, I, I was kidding. I, we actually are pretty decent sized customers of theirs. Um, <laughs> but we, we do use Qualtrics. Um, the other value is um, the ability to, uh, there are some custom customized things that you can send out. Um, you can chase people to get them to complete your survey. Right. Um, and for me, the, one of the big buying factors was they're connected to my analytics platform. Right. So, 
Well, they tend to do a bunch of them, but they've done a nice yeah. job APIing and backdooring into Domo, Tableau, Power BI, right. a whole bunch of So you can get your, your data out and do something with it, which is useful. So, yeah, so here's what's interesting about SAP. They've been buying up, they've bought up a few good companies. They bought Fieldglass, um, they've got Success Factors in our space. Uh, so those two in our space, what they're really not very good at is uh, making any anything valuable out of the combination of these pieces of software, right? So field glass, you would think that like uh, in a world where total talent is becoming a big deal, you would do some sort of connection between success factors and field glass. We haven't seen any of that. We spent a ton of time with that team. We know we know them well. We're not seeing any movement in that space at all. It's very strange. It, it's weird seeing the the purchases that they've made over the past seven years, yeah. and the sum of the parts is way not more right than the parts themselves. Right, and and, and so and, and I think your field glass your field glass analogy is probably a good one. The just just the fact that they haven't been able to provide a lot of insight. You would think that at a company like SAP, where you have operational data going in around things like inventory, employee, et cetera, mm-hmm. they would be able to buy field glass and then have a crazy workforce analytics platform that would tell you how much contingent labor you actually need and where you need it versus full-time employees. Like out of the box on like an app, right? That's the whole grail. That's what we want. And no, they don't have it. And so yeah. – and, and, and if you ask your average talent acquisition leader, and I'm sure there's a bunch that are listening, the frustration level that they've had around success factors, and I'm talking the entire jobs to web, success factors, <laughs> SAP, 10-year, decade-long, whatever, is not good. It is not a good storyline. Well, I think that's the average implementation time of a success factors deal is 10 years. Right. I, my, my ongoing joke is I know a ton of people that are implementing success factors. I don't know a ton of people who have implemented success factors. Right. So, yeah. So it, it, yeah, that's, it, it, yeah. The solid joke is, you know, you know, if, if you if you started and finished the success factors implementation, you stayed at that company too long <laughs> as a leader. I like that. I like that. It's good. God, that's gonna that's gonna hurt us later on the threads. You think? Wow. You think? It, are you are you planning to ultimately uh, have a sponsor on this thing? There's, there's like six people <laughs> listen. No, but but I'm <laughs> laughing because because well, I don't do any business with SAP just yet, so I think it's okay. But 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 I think I think the thing is is that you look at SAP and you wonder, you know, so so Workday as an example made a big acquisition of. Which, which analytics organization they pick up? Like BI Analytics? I can't remember it. I don't know. Okay. But it's now like the future like Prism Analytics module. You know, these companies that are ERP-oriented seem to be making these, these platform purchases lately. Um, and they're making big platform purchases, which kind of goes back to our HR tech uh, concept of they're just getting broader. They want to retain their customer base. They don't want to lose it. Um, and I think, again, it's, it's another example of how, um, you know, SAP continues to be aggressive um, in, in trying to stay relevant in the space. And they're clearly relevant. Yeah, I mean, they, 
they're interesting. I wish they would do more with what they have, but you know, say levy. Say levy. That's right. Yeah. All right. So what's um. All right, so the question is, where are we going to be between now and the end of the year? Are you going to be anywhere? Um, no, I'm not. I'm done. You're I'm done from here. I'm, uh, the, the, well, I'm, I'm coming out to, to your neck of the woods. I'm coming to see you in, uh, right after Thanksgiving. Right. So I'll be in New York briefly. Yeah, I'm in New York right now. Uh, the Jeremy Roberts and the team from Hiring Solved was here. They were, they were, they were mixing it up, and so I, took, I, I got together with a bunch of people. That was a good time. But there isn't much between now and the end of the year. But I will give a shout out because at the end of January, the big SRSC or Social Recruiting Strategies Conference hits up. I'll be there emceeing in San Francisco. So you're all invited provided you pay. (laughs) (laughs) There's discounts online. If you need a discount, let me know. I'll I'll be happy to get you one. The MC has spoken. He will uh, will get you a discount. I will get you a discount. I have a special code. Okay, you have the the special code. That's excellent. I got the backdoor code. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not speaking anywhere until SourceCon in the spring. SourceCon spring, I get to speak at that thing, so that'll be fun. Okay. Good. Well, I think you know well, there's a bunch of stuff coming up. SRSC being one, I know that there's some good stuff at the end, uh, first quarter. SourceCon is one, uh, and then we'll start hitting into it. Next thing you know, it'll be January, and we'll be in another new year. So. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up, Jason. What do you think? It sounds like a plan. All right. Uh, All right. So, hey, this has been Recruiting.Technology. I'm Andrew Godomsky, and that is Jason Roberts. See you next time. See you next time. All right. Adios.